0: Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Money Bear Podcast. This is your host, Chloe Daniels, better known as Clover Money Coach on the internet. And today is the quick tip episode. And in these episodes, I like to give you guys a little life update. And then I also give you a quick money tip that you can use immediately and start like impacting your finances, like using it, tools, right? Today, For the money tip, we're going to talk about what is the difference between a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. That's something that a lot of folks get confused on, so we're going to break it down. But first, for the life update. For the life update, I was in San Francisco this last weekend visiting a friend who I have known since... 2013 i believe 2013 or 2014 and we met when i was teaching english in china she was from ireland also there teaching english in china And we kind of became like trauma bonded from some really bad experiences that we had. And we just kind of learned and grew together throughout our experiences in China. And she's one of the few people that I not only kept in touch with, but make an effort to see every couple of years. I mean, as often as possible, she to me is like, my platonic soulmate, the person who I don't have to wear a mask around, not the covid mask, the philosophical personality mask. <laughs> and yeah, it was really good to see her in San Francisco for a weekend. We really, you know, these days when it comes to travel, I'm so lazy. Like I'm not trying to spend 8 hours a day walking around and like sightseeing and doing all of that stuff. I'd rather like Get in a full eight hours of sleep, have a slow morning, and then go like one, go do one to two things and then have good food throughout the day. Like that's my idea of good travel and slow travel. And that's really what we did this weekend. And it was cool because there were parts of San Francisco I hadn't seen before. And we got really lucky and there was sunshine the entire weekend. So. Definitely enjoyed that. It was nice. And then coming back to Illinois, the weather has been better. I'm sure the weather will change again because it's Illinois. But uh, we've got blue skies today. And yeah, besides that, I have booked my short term slash midterm rental in San Diego. So I have decided to go to San Diego on road trip 2.0, taking my dog and taking my cat packing up the Prius, driving on out there, and staying in San Diego for three months. So that will give me the opportunity to see if I really do love it, if spending double, almost triple what I'm used to spending On just general cost of living stuff is worth it to me or not. And if it's not at the end of that three month stay, then I will probably head to Tucson next and do the same thing. But if at the end of that three month stay, I'm like, yes, this is where I'm meant to be. Let's make it happen. Then I will make it happen and I will start apartment hunting. So we'll see how that goes. I'm excited. I'm also a little bit sad just because my boyfriend is here, which by the way, we revealed my boyfriend on Instagram this week. So if you didn't see that, make sure you're following Clover Money Coach on Instagram because he will be showing up in stories now, but my boyfriend's here. He's about two and a half hours North and uh, it's sad to move across the country and leave him. But it's also been really nice being home for a little while. Like I've really enjoyed Just being able to spend time with people that I love and feel kind of that slower pace of living, even though things have been really busy work-wise, it's just been nice to be surrounded by people, especially after, you know, a year of traveling alone, essentially. So yeah, I'm like, I have mixed feelings about it. I'm mostly excited about it, but there is a little bit of sadness attached to, but I am so ready to find my place and settle down in that place, wherever that place ends up being. Wish me luck. We'll see. I'll definitely have some meetups once I land in San Francisco because I'll need to make some friends. So we'll see how that goes. Anyway, on to the money tip episode portion. But before we do, friendly reminder, if you like these episodes, if you're listening, we had a thousand downloads last week, but I noticed we don't have a thousand reviews, guys we don't. So do me a favor, take two seconds, go rate, review, and subscribe. It means the world to me. I love seeing the reviews come in and I'm just appreciative to have you guys here. So anyway, let's get started to the money tip. All right. This week we are talking about a traditional IRA versus a Roth IRA. But in order for us to talk about a traditional IRA versus a Roth IRA, we first have to talk about what the heck an IRA is, also called IRA, also known as Individual Retirement Arrangement by the IRS, but more commonly referred to as the Individual Retirement Account. Now, Account is the key word there. A lot of folks think that since they have an IRA, a traditional or a Roth IRA, they are invested. They think that just because they have that account, they're invested. And that is not true. Just because you have the account doesn't mean that you have actually done the work and gone through and picked investments. You've got to do the three Three to four step process. You open the account online, you connect your bank account, you transfer money into the account. And then when that money becomes available, then you use that money inside of the account to buy investments. If you don't do that last step, you are not invested. Your money is not growing. It's sitting in an account, gaining literally nothing just sitting there. So if you're like, Chloe, wait a second. I've had a Roth IRA for 10 years and it hasn't gone up at all. It's probably because you're not invested. It's not even probably, it's definitely you're not invested. So do that first, make sure. But in terms of what an IRA is, essentially, it's a retirement account. It's a tax advantaged account for your retirement Now, the reason I say tax advantaged is because you're going to save money on taxes. And how you save money on taxes is going to be determined by whether you have a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. So let's cover the sexy one first. Everyone loves a Roth IRA account. Everyone gets so excited. About Roth IRA accounts, but what is it? What does it mean? What do you do with it? How do you know if you're using one right? How do you know if you're the right person for a Roth IRA? So a Roth IRA is what we call post tax. It's a post tax account. What that means is you get money from your paycheck. Your paycheck has already taken income taxes, federal and state taxes out of it. Then with whatever is left over in your paycheck, you put a portion of that into the Roth IRA account. And then the money, those investments that you purchased, as they grow and you start earning money, that is completely tax-free growth. So think about it this way. Let's say you put in $1,000 into a Roth IRA. And over the course of 10 years, it grows to $10,000. You have $1,000 of contributions And you have $9,000 of earnings that you can access at 59 and a half years old, completely tax free. But your contributions in a Roth IRA, meaning the money that you put into the account, you can access at any time for your earnings and your dividends, those capital gains, all that good stuff. That you can't access until you're 59 and a half years old, because remember, these are retirement accounts. They want you, they being the IRS, they being our federal government, they want you to use these accounts for retirement. So that's why it's locked away. It may change in terms of when you can access it by the time we get to retirement. But right now, the age is 59 and a half years old. Now, if you access your money, those earnings before 59 and a half years old, you're going to get charged not only taxes, but you'll also get charged a 10% penalty. We don't want to do that. So likely, if you're using an IRA account, you're going to want to wait until you're 59 and a half years old to access any of your earnings. Now, there are Things that you can do to get around that requirement. Like, for example, there are hardship withdrawals. There are provisions that allow you to borrow money for a house. There's provisions to allow you to pay for a portion of education and things along those lines. Those are all available at the IRS. I actually, rather than going to the irs.gov website, which just can be full of jargon, I really like if you're looking for those stipulations, those provisions, check out Nerd Wallet. Just Google. When can I access or what situations can I access money in my Roth IRA account early? There's, I want to say there's like 12 different scenarios where you can access that money early without having to pay a penalty. Most of the time, you're still going to have to pay taxes, but you can get around that penalty. So that's a Roth IRA account. It's sexy because tax-free growth. Who doesn't like tax-free growth? And in terms of who a Roth IRA might be right for, honestly, almost nine times out of 10, a Roth IRA is the way to go because we don't know what's going to happen with taxes in the future. We don't know if taxes are going to go up. We don't know if taxes are going to go down. So why not just front the bill on your Roth IRA account now and let those investments grow completely tax-free? On the flip side you may want to consider something other than a Roth IRA if you're more concerned with being in a higher tax bracket now and a lower tax bracket later on in life. And we'll talk about that with the traditional IRA. So with that Roth IRA, like I said, the times that it makes the most sense is if you want to handle your tax bill now. So if you are just at the beginning of your career and you're going to earn more and more money and you think you're going to be in a higher tax bracket in retirement, the Roth IRA is going to make more sense. If you think, heck, I don't know what's going to happen in retirement. I could be in a higher tax bracket or not. The Roth IRA may make sense or you may decide to do a combination of a Roth and a traditional. Now, the less sexy cousin is the traditional IRA. The traditional IRA is complicated because the earnings will always be tax deferred. But a portion, the things that you put in to the traditional IRA may be tax deductible, or they may not be tax deductible. It all depends on if you have a workplace qualified retirement plan, like a 401k or a 403b or a TSP, 457, there's a bunch of different types. If you do, you are subject to an income limit in terms of what is tax deductible for you. And the income limit, I can't remember. I want to say it's around seventy grand. But if you make above that, your contributions to a traditional IRA are not going to be tax deductible if you also have a qualified retirement plan through your workplace. So Almost immediately, a lot of folks are not going to be able to get a tax deferral or a tax deduction on their contributions to the traditional IRA. Now, here's where it may make more sense for you. Let's say you do not have a retirement account through your workplace. You don't have one of those qualified retirement account things then you don't have an income limit. You don't have an income cap on what can be deductible for your traditional IRA. So that traditional IRA, whatever you put into it, is going to reduce the amount of income that you made in the year that you contributed to it by whatever you contributed to it. So let's say you made $90,000, you contributed $6,000 to your traditional IRA, and it's deductible. Well, instead of paying taxes on $90,000, you're only going to pay taxes on $84,000. So that can be something that is appealing for high income earners, especially if they don't have those workplace plans. And it can also be a uh, benefit if you are under that income cap, and you do have a workplace plan. So it will reduce your taxes if it's deductible. If it's not deductible, let's say you're a high-income earner and you have a qualified retirement account through your workplace, well, I'm sorry to tell you, you're not going to be able to deduct what you put into your traditional IRA. Instead, all the money that you put into the traditional IRA is post-tax, just like the Roth IRA, but then your contributions in there, they grow tax-deferred not tax free, like what you get with the Roth IRA. So that money that you put in there, that $6,000, it turns into $16,000. Well, that $10,000 that you earned, you're going to have to pay taxes on in retirement. And it's going to be taxed as ordinary income, which is the highest tax bracket there can be. So that's the traditional IRA. Like I said, it's not as sexy. It's not a great account other than it will defer your taxes down the line and that you may get a deduction if you are in a certain demographic. It's more complicated, right guys? You're probably listening. And you're like, wait, so deductible versus non-deductible. I have all of this available as well on my blog, Clobear.com. You can just search the for retirement accounts and I have Entire posts breaking this down for you in writing so that you can refer to that too. But yeah, it gets more complicated and you don't get that tax free growth. It's not as fun. And even if you contribute to a traditional IRA, which I do, and I don't get a deduction for it, you have to keep track of that paperwork to make sure that when you pull that money out in retirement, you're never getting double taxed. Because remember, if the IRA is not deductible, And you put $6,000 of your money in, that's post tax, right? You don't wanna pay that taxes on that money that you have already paid taxes on again in retirement. So you do need to keep paperwork on this traditional IRA to make sure that you're not going to be double taxed in retirement. So that's the major differences with the traditional IRA. All of the money that is in a traditional IRA, including the contributions, you cannot access until you're 59 and a half years old. So, that Roth IRA, not only is it that sexy tax free growth, but you can also access those contributions at any time. You don't get that with the traditional IRA. You cannot access it until you're 59 and a half years old. Now, those 12 ish situations that we're talking about earlier, where you can, you know, there's some leeway, there's some provisions that allow you to access it without paying a penalty. That is also available for the traditional IRA. However, you won't pay the penalty, but in most cases you will have to pay taxes on it. So, I think those are the major differences between those two. Now, keep in mind in 2023, you can contribute up to $6,500 in an IRA, whether it's Roth or traditional or split between the two. You cannot open multiple IRAs and contribute $6,500 to each one. You can only do the $6,500 total across all your IRA accounts. So, keep that in mind and you can contribute all the way up to 7500 if you're over the age of 50 to catch up for your retirement. Am I leaving anything out? Let's see here. Where do I like to open an IRA? My favorite brokerages are always going to be Vanguard and Fidelity. I mean, it may change someday, but those have been my favorite consistently. Fidelity is probably my number one favorite, and I have information on why in my free guide that's available at thelazyinvestorscourse.com guide, and that is in the show notes. And then flexibility of the Roth IRA and the traditional IRA instead of a 401k is that you can pick whatever investments you want. You can pick whatever brokerage you want. Whereas when you've got a 401k, your 401k, you don't have much say so in. You just get to decide how much you want to invest in. And of the investment options that your employer gives you, which ones you want to contribute to. That's about it. And sometimes they have high fees. Sometimes they have lower fees. But IRAs and Roth IRAs traditionally have lower fees, more flexibility, more investment options, all that good stuff. So I think that's the basics, guys. I think that's it. So I hope that helps. I hope that gives you a better understanding. Like I said in a lot of cases, Roth makes the most sense. And in fact, one of the things actually I forgot to mention is for a Roth IRA, you do have to make below the income limit now to be able to contribute directly to a Roth IRA. And the income limit is based off of your modified adjusted gross income. The IRS has a calculation on their website to help you figure out what that is for yourself. Like you can do a little, it's got a little table and it'll show you how to calculate that for your tax year. But if you are single and you're a single filer, you have to have a modified adjusted gross income of under $153,000. If you are married filing jointly, you have to have a modified adjusted gross income of $228,000. So if you're above that, you can't contribute directly to a Roth IRA. You have to go through a backdoor Roth, but that is much more complicated. So we will save that for another episode. So yeah, I think that's it. Almost forgot the income limit stuff. One of the things that I'm actually working on right now and know I need to do, I've just been so lazy, (laughs) is I have a significant amount of money in a rollover IRA, which is traditional. And I also have a significant amount of money in a traditional IRA. In order for me to be able to do a backdoor Roth, which I would like to do so that I can start contributing and doing a backdoor Roth every year, um, in order to do that, I would have to roll all of that into my solo 401k. And I'm not entirely sure if I want to do that. I need to run the math on it only because my traditional or my solo 401k, there are fees. So I don't think they're significant fees. I'll have to check my statement. I want to say the fees that I'm paying are like 0.5%, which I would think the tax savings are going to be way more significant if I just decide to start doing Roth. But the other option is I could just do a portion of my solo 401k as Roth income. So that's an option too we'll see. I need to figure my life out. (laughs) Things have been busy. I haven't even been able to manage my own finances, but that's the thing. These are high class problems to have, as my friend and life mentor Saya Hillman says. Deciding how to optimize your taxes, deciding how to best organize things is a good problem to have. Whereas when we're dealing with just like, will I be able to retire someday? That's a much more stressful and concerning problem, then how do I pay as little in taxes as I possibly can? Which, I mean, to be fair, could be questionable in ethics. But I do think that as long as you're paying your fair share of taxes, there's nothing wrong with making sure you are legally managing your tax burden. So anyway, I hope that was helpful for you, friends. But let me know what questions you have by leaving us a review. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that was an evil laugh. And uh yeah, I hope that helped. And we've got f- tons of free resources down in the show notes. We've got our terms and conditions down in the show notes. Be sure to check that out because, as always, even though this is a finance podcast, this is all my opinion, this is all entertainment, this is all education only. We are not out here giving financial advice to folks we don't know. We don't do that. We don't we don't give financial advice, we give financial education. So I hope this all helps and I will see you all next week. Bye bye.